And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy March 1st, Independence Movement Day. <laughs> it's so much Quite more simple when you say it in <laughs> Korean, right? Some of it's already translated. Yeah, right. It is, in fact, Independence Movement Day. Yeah. The road conditions are looking up because it is a holiday for us. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, for most people. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to let the world know it is an Independence Movement Day, right? Exactly. Might as yes, well be you is, and I. <laughs> yeah, that is our duty, indeed. <laughs> Let's get started. Uh, we're going to try to clarify some of these headlines for our listeners. And this is our first pick of the day. Commemorating March 1st. So Yoon Suk-yeol will be giving his first March 1st independence movement speech as president. What can we expect, Adam? Right. Well, the top office said Yoon's speech would include looking back on Korea's past as well as the current state while reminding us of the historic significance of the March 1st independence movement. Uh, spokesperson Yoon said the key words of the speech will be freedom, dedication, memory, future and prosperity. However, he did not give a clear answer to whether the speech would include controversial issues such as Japan's uh, refusal to compensate the victims of Japan's wartime forced labor. Uh, that has been uh, kind of one of the key highlights recently because both sides have been uh, engaging in extensive talks mm. on the matter and they're still yet to narrow any differences. There's still a lot of controversy over the South Korean policies regarding it mm. uh, and the backlash that has come from civic groups and the victims and families themselves. Uh, watchers say Yoon is unlikely to call out Japan uh, about the issue during uh, the speech and is unlikely to touch on these kind of delicate matters. He has been trying to improve ties with Tokyo uh, and get their support, especially in reigning in at North Korea. Mm. Uh, on Independence Day in August last year, Yoon did not go into specifics about the feud then either. He only vowed to advance uh, relations, something he may reiterate in today's speech as well. Uh, the spokesperson also said the Korean government has been clear on the question of supplying weapons uh, to Ukraine. So mm. today's speech regarding the Independence Movement Day um, is more likely to be focused on Korean policies going forward, uh, future and prosperity, uh, especially uh, among those key words is, uh, is likely to be highlighted during the speech. All right. We'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Biohealth. So which sector has the most growth potential? President Yoon Suk-yeol has vowed to provide government support to develop the biohealth industry, believing that's it. Uh, he wants to develop it into a key strategic sector. Can you tell us the details of the plan? Right. So just another sector that uh, President Yoon is touting as a future growth engine or a key strategic sector. He's named a few so far mm -hmm. which he wants to develop, including uh, nuclear technology and AI and uh, stuff like that. Uh, President Yoon held a strategy meeting on creating a biohealth export market. He stressed the growth potential of the biohealth market, which is valued at about $2 trillion. Uh, Yoon said the sector would not only provide quality healthcare services based on cutting-edge technologies, but also boost the economy with newly created jobs for young Koreans. 
And he also stressed the need for the digital transformation of medical health and care services. And he also vowed to push uh, for a creation of this uh, Boston cluster in Korea. So basically uh, benchmarking this uh, biohealth cluster in Boston uh, and bringing it to Korea so mm. that various venture firms and young entrepreneurs can make inroads in the sector and play a leading role. Uh, Korea is aiming to rank among the world's six largest biohealth exporters mm. within the next five years. The government outlined for that five policy directions. They include fostering innovation in customized health and medical services with the use of personal data, uh, boosting exports by developing two new blockbuster drugs and doubling the volume of medical devices sold overseas to $16 billion. Uh, the plan also includes research and development of diverse technologies and solutions using AI, uh, as well as supporting professionals and entrepreneurs with new educational programs, mm. as well as building up solid legal and institutional frameworks as well. Uh, and also Seoul plans to unveil its third comprehensive plan on growing the bio and pharmace uh, pharmaceutical sectors mm. uh, sometime this month. So we may get some more details regarding that later in the coming weeks. Okay, so which sectors are the most growth potential? You mentioned AI, there's also space, biohealth. These are some of the sectors that the UN administration focused on in strengthening. But of course, in an export-reliant country, this third key word probably takes the cake. This is our third mm. key word of the day. Chips Act. So the U.S. has unveiled rules for its Chips for America program. Is that really what they named it? <laughs> it has some things that are likely to only add to the concerns of Korean chip makers, of course. Tell, tell us the details, Adam. Yeah, so a company is seeking to tap uh, what is this new uh, $40 billion pool of government subsidies, or $39 mm. uh, billion to be exact, for the semiconductor industry will be required to submit plans for how they will provide workers with childcare. That seems to be the main takeaway uh, from this new announcement. Now, the condition marks an unusual use of the federal government's powers uh, for Korean chip makers, mm. for the likes of Samsung Electronics and SK Hynix, for example. It essentially means that they need to chip in to boost uh, America's childcare. So they need to chip in to, say, uh, build daycare centers and other childcare schemes for workers. Uh, that would further, of course, increase costs for them. They are already concerned that they may lose business in China, the largest market for them, due to the mm -hmm. uh, U.S. restrictions on uh, tech development in those countries. Now, the move comes as Joe Biden has repeatedly pushed for affordable childcare, but has failed to gain um, enough support in Congress, even from his uh, fellow Democrats. And for the subsidies, there is a five-part application process and rigorous application standards as well. So it's not that easy to get the subsidies in the first place. Uh, this includes ensuring that companies that receive the funding will not expand in the so-called countries of concern for 10 years, mm. basically meaning China as one of them. Uh, awards will take the form of direct funding, federal loans and all federal guarantees of third-party loans, according to the Commerce Department. Mm -hmm. Applicants are strongly encouraged to bring capital to the table, so basically sharing profits with the government as well. Tips mm. uh, for America, excuse me, awards will be made as soon as applications can be rigorously evaluated uh, and negotiated. Uh, the Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, uh, Raimondo, excuse me, also says the program will also 
provide the Pentagon with a domestic source of the world's most advanced chips. Mm. So um, some military capabilities as well uh, need to be chipped in for these chips, uh, no pun intended <laughs> for that, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, so basically national security and childcare seems to be what the federal government wants um, these companies, these chip makers to uh, help out with in terms of um, this new law. Right. Uh, it is a rare occurrence, but right. the government in America has kind of used this kind of private sector regulations to kind of help the government in its kind of policies for mm. these so kind of social welfare programs before. Mm. So it's nothing new, mm. but of course it is a concern for Korean firms. All right. Uh, because initially you failed to see the connection there. Why would right. Korean chip makers need to chip in for daycare centers in the United States? But there you have it. It has happened before in the American context. It's not the first. Mm. It's probably not going to be the last, especially Biden being unable to push through with some of those social welfare programs he's been touting. Right. Right. So basically, just to clarify, if these Korean firms say right. they want to build uh, plants and factories in the U.S., right. then of course that means bringing uh, U.S. jobs uh, into the market. And, of course, that's why they also need to provide uh, childcare and all these social welfare benefits to the workers at those U.S. plants for these Korean companies as well. Okay, so ideally it would be trying to look for the win-win situation at those newly built factories. Right. All right, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Less health coverage. Okay, so the government is applying stricter rules to apply for health insurance coverage in scans such as MRI and ultrasound checkups. I mean, just to be clear, it seems that what they want to tackle is people who clearly take advantage of the affordable health care in South Korea. Run us through the plan. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and it also comes amid uh, kind of losses incurred right. by the national health insurance as well. Currently, uh, up to three MRI scans on brain and cerebrovascular vessels are covered after a neurological examination for headaches and dizziness. According to the new plan, state insurance will only cover up to two MRI scans. And that's only if there are abnormal findings in neurological tests. Uh, ultrasound scans are covered even for body parts not directly related to the initial complaints. Uh, that's the current uh, policy. Mm. But according to the new plan, the number of body parts to be scanned uh, will be limited in the future. Now, the new approach basically backtracks on policies pursued by the former Moon Jae-in administration, which expanded coverage for a broader range of medical treatments, including MRIs and these mm. ultrasound scans. Uh, health Minister Cho Gyeong said that uh, during the last five years, the expansion of health insurance coverage has led to a tremendous increase in medical expenses, including a tenfold increase in MRI diagnosis uh, expenses. Other rules to be applied include paying for 90% of the medical bill if you are going as an outpatient more than once a day. So basically it's limiting uh, that to 365 times in a year. Um, foreigners and those coming back to Korea after a long stay abroad can apply for health insurance only after six months of arrival as well. So the amount of people eligible for health insurance will also be uh, restricted and uh, tougher measures on that also. Right. And finally, on to our last keyword of the day. Teak night. 
So South Korea and U.S. Special Warfare Units are holding a joint drill named the Teak Knife in the Allies' latest show of force against North Korean threats. Can you tell us the details? Right, so the drill is underway at Camp Humphreys uh, in Pyeongtaek and Osan Air Base. It's set to last through early March this month. Uh, Teak Knife, Teak Knife excuse me, is held for uh, special forces to train infiltrating enemy camps. It also involves close air support, air control, and hostage rescue missions. Uh, the U.S. has deployed an AC-130J warplane, which provides close air support to troops fighting on the ground. It is the first time the plane has actually been sent to Korea uh, for the drills. Mm. Washington also sent an MC-130J multi-mission combat transport aircraft. Uh, the Allies have conducted this uh, Teak knife annually since the 1990s, so it's been a while, but kept it undisclosed due to the, in a sensitive nature of the operation. Of course, it is a covert operation, uh, practicing uh, going in deep into enemy lines. Um, so, of course, it has been under wraps. But last year, Special Operations Command's Korea revealed the drills via social media, showed some photos of them, and admitted that they mm. were being held. This year, in fact, the event is expected actually to be made public, seen as a warning to North Korea uh, and its continued provocation. So, yes, another um, hardline stance uh, and flexing of muscles from the UN administration mm. uh, kind of determined to rein in North Korea's increasing uh, missile tests and weapon testing. Okay, so it is important to know that it, it is a show of force, uh, uh, kind of compared to the past, where these exercises may have been maybe hidden to the public. It's a more public affair, if you will. Right. All right. Thank you very much, Adam, for joining us on this holiday. Have a safe Wednesday morning. <laughs> you too. Have a safe day. You'll, I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.